I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Uh, alongside me, as always... Blake Harrison. Hey! Hello. How's it going, mate? All good. All Is it good. weird I self-cheered? <laughs> I sort of self-cheered, didn't I? Hey, it's me! And, and you, no, you didn't do it like that. You got the jazz hands in again oh, as well. You know me. I always got to get a bit of jazz hands in. <laughs> well, That um, GCSE dance training doesn't go away, mate. You know... <laughs> Well, we've um, we've had a stacked a stacked weekend of uh, of events, and when uh, we, we we saw UFC two six two announced, it was like, well, look, we need to do a a pre show like to, to talk about what was coming up, and you know, we both when we finished the last pre two six one recording, we was like, how much fun was that having Pip and Brian on? Uh, felt like quite a good gang to uh, to have some uh, some some bants with and uh well they're back pip brian hello (laughs) good to be back boys and blake with the the gray in that beard i thought that was more o-level dance uh not gcs how fucking (laughs) do you know what's really upsetting as well is that because i've been doing a self-tape today and my wife did color some of it in with mascara uh, just to make me look a bit younger <laughs> and it's clearly not worked very well and all rubbed off now because he's still telling me I look like an old fucker so uh, yeah thanks for that mate <laughs> mate the, sh- uh, the sh- show I was recently filming I had, a, I had a scene where I had to make a fake head of me and I'm sitting there in costume or in hair and makeup and they're comparing the fake head as if I'm not there going and we need a lot more grey, don't we? Yeah, yeah, no, a lot more grey in the beard and in the hair. Yeah, no, we need to really... Yeah, we're going to... I'm just saying that. All right, guys. His eyes are much more close That's together right. and evil looking, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Proper laying into me. Get more plasticine for the nose. Let's go. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Let's kick it around outside for a bit and sit and see if that helps. Well, I'm going to nip this conversation about grey beards in the uh, in the past. We don't need to be uh, talking about that anymore. Um, and and well, yeah. I mean, uh, firstly, thanks, gents, for for, for coming back on again. Um, it's really kind of you. It's good to be back. And 
Well, should we just, before we get on a 262, um, we're recording this on uh, the 9th of May, uh, uh, on, on the Sunday evening. So, on Friday night, there was a decent Bellator card. And, uh, and let me just pull it up on the, uh, the, 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 the laptop here. Uh, I mean, there's quite a few decent fights to, to, to discuss on here. I don't know where you want to start on this, Blake. How far down the card do you want to um, go? I don't know. I mean, well, I suppose the main card start, started with MVP Anderson. And I suppose the other thing we should mention is the, the, the glaring omission from the card or late replacement to the card was that uh, Romero suffered... I th- I, from what I've heard, it might be some kind of eye injury or something, and he wasn't cleared to fight. So if Bellatov just give him some massive contract and all that kind of stuff, then that may be quite worrying for them that we didn't get uh, Romero rumble. Hopefully it's a thing that, that Romero can get sorted out and, uh, and he'll be fighting soon. But that's a, I think that's a massive loss to, to the Grand Prix as a whole. And I think everyone was so excited about rumble Romero and, uh, and we didn't get it. And, and that, this is why it was the absolute right thing to do to put Rumble versus Romero in the first round of the tournament. Mm. You, can't, you can't hope for like some kind of the way it's worked out in the Featherweight Grand Prix where, where AJ McKee is fighting Patrizio Pitbull and it's all worked out very nicely for them. With that, you had to do it because you never know. We're living in COVID times. There's injuries. These guys aren't that young anymore either. So it was the right thing to do and it still didn't work out for them. So... Get those big fights in in the first rounds when you can, when people are going to be excited about it, because anything could fucking happen down the line or before the first round of the tournament. So that's the right thing to do. But that that was the the big shame about this this card. And then obviously we'll get onto the UFC, but there was a big miss there as well with 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 Sand Hagen and 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 TJ Dillashaw. So yeah, so that was a shame. But having said that, I still think the Bellator card was brilliant. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know where everyone else. But I, I think obviously there was a great performance from Patchy Mix, uh, Johnny Eblin with a big uh, uh, knockout as well. But I, I'm I'm quite happy to to start with MVP V Anderson because that was what a kick. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I mean, I, I I didn't go back to look at what Anderson's nose looked like beforehand. I didn't have a clear enough image in my mind. I was like, was his nose always a bit weird? Was it always a bit dented in? And it just, I mean, I'm sure he had a shattered nose. his nose. He had a nose. He basically swallowed his own nose. Is what happened. That nose went straight down the back of his throat. He's now digesting it. Um, yeah, that that was something else. Pip, what do you think about that? Mate, I thought it was amazing, and I'm sure. Um, you know, they said that Anderson Silva reached out to Chris Weidman the other week after he had the same thing happen to him so I'm sure the Anderson in this fight will be reaching out um to to, to Brian's mate uh, Brad Pickett to get some comfort on uh, <laughs> on, on on broken nose and <laughs> and smashed up faces but yeah I thought it was amazing man he MVP went out and did what he does he he, he makes he adds to his highlight reel it feels like that's his whole career kind of even in loss, it was a glorious, weird knockout. It's kind of, it's, yeah. it's what he does. He adds to that. And just the speed of that kick, just, it came out of nowhere and it was just perfect. And it felt like it was the one moment Anderson was kind of not 
giving too much showboating, but was trying to give a little bit back to kind of be a bit... After he'd been mocked a couple of times, as MVP had yes. knocked him down and mocked him, it felt like he was given a bit of a hands-down move-my-head and the lightning reaction of, oh, your hands are down, all right. <laughs> and then just bang, just rearranged his face. Amazing. And that's just such a part of his game, it seems, that he either slips or rolls a few shots and can take the piss out of you, or he'll hit you, see that you've you've got slightly wobbly legs on that and take the piss out of you and it makes you just want to go into him and and, and, and uh, just react really badly and really quickly and get emotional within the fight and that's where it just plays into his his hands and as you say what what Anderson ended up doing was going oh you're showboating it's me oh I can play showboat I'm you know you're not that much better than me and then bang Game over. I think he's really clever with the psychology of it as well, because we've all seen fighters before who are looking for that that walkaway knockout or whatever, or that highlight reel, and maybe they slip up because they're not following up and they're they're leaving chances open. But you know, we know that MVP isn't known for his ground game, so what he does well is he'll land, and then rather than just go, "Oh, I've missed my opportunity. I've not followed up." He'll mock them and fire them up. And that, that again, that works in his favour. It puts them out of position more. It puts their mind in the wrong place. And I think he does amazingly at that, of getting people to play exactly into his game, I guess. There's a, there's a beautiful video, sorry. There's a beautiful video, Robin Black's broken it down. And I think that's a great signing for Bellator as well. Robin Black doing these yeah. uh, breakdowns. And he shows yeah. all the little feints that MVP throws to get a read and he gets he gets a bite off these and, and this, the head goes into the same spot every time he throws so he throws a, a kick or he dips his shoulders and the head goes so by the, the time it comes round and that baseball bat comes up the head is moving into it as well so it's one of those where you'd like, if you, you could just watch it as a two second clip but actually as yeah. a complete fight as you see him unraveling this puzzle in front of him which is what the, the great fighters do they make him do what you want him to do and get it off uh, I, I thought I, I thought it was a superb performance I was a bit worried about him as well before because he was in the conference press conference talking about I'm not happy with Bellator he was being very vocal about yeah. he doesn't like what they're doing at the minute he's uh, he wants to talk to it was, it was almost shouting out somebody talk to me because I'm, I'm I'm not happy I'm not happy so you kind of wonder what that does when he goes in and then you see him put on the performance like that you go oh it doesn't, it doesn't matter he's well, that good I, I, good. I suppose I spoke to him briefly on on WhatsApp this morning and he was just saying he just felt so comfortable in there because I was thinking the same. Also, he's someone who thrives off of the crowd so and his walkouts and everything. So so I thought that. I'd seen the press conference. I'd seen him walk out with no music and thought, what are we going to get here? But I don't know if it surprised him, but it sounded, or from what we saw and what I said, I heard from this morning, he was like, I just felt so relaxed in there, just so comfortable and doing doing what I do and I think the issue I, I had him on my podcast y- years ago and the issue has always been he's he's towed the company a line a little bit because people have always complained he's not fighting tough enough opponents and his argument has always been look I fight who's put in front of me I go out there and I, 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 I make highlights you know um, and this was one where it was you know a known opponent it wasn't s- s- some nobody it's a uh, a, d- a decent name. Again, I'm not saying it's a title contender or a UFC-level opponent, but it's not just this random, oh, we don't know who this guy is, let's build a highlight reel. So, yeah. He's ranked six. I mean, that's yeah. the Bellator yeah. have released He's their rankings opponent, recently. Yeah. MVP's two. 
Yeah. Uh, and Anderson was ranked six. So you can't, you know, you can't really knock that. That's not, uh, absolutely. That's not a can. That's not just someone that's put in front of him to create a highlight. And as you say, I was hearing a lot of people say, this is probably, other than Lima, one of MVP's toughest fights. And he dealt with him so easily with absolute just style. Even the... It just seems like he must use up so much cardio, the way he bounces on his toes. I mean, it seems far more frenetic than, than, like a, than, than Wonder Boy. They have a similar style, I, that, I, that kind I of sideways it, stance bouncing, yeah. but, but MVP seems to be bouncing even more so than, than a Wonder Boy. I think it's one of those things, though, where it would be exhausting to replicate but if that's your natural movement, it's not as exhausting. I, I compare it to kind of Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw. Like Dillashaw seemed like he had to spend years and years to get that movement, to get that freedom, whereas Cruz seemed to turn up the first day of trading and go, oh, this is how I fight, and, and probably got laughed out of the room until he started <laughs> sparking people. Um, and, and MVP's a, a similar one. Again, I've always loved that people will always give people stick for having hands down and all this kind of thing. And, and, and we, we, we saw it with Jiri last week. As great as he looked, people were saying, hands down, though, he's going to get caught at some point. And again, like, like when I had, 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 had Venom Page on, he said, T- who's your favourite fighter who has their guard up and has never been knocked out? He's like, people get knocked out with their guard up as well. And he, yeah. his argument was, at that point, he's like, I've not been knocked out. So <laughs> you're all saying I need to get my guard up or I'll get knocked out. I'll get knocked out anyway at some point. Everyone gets knocked out. That's part of the game. So, yeah, but it's, it's, he's a, he's it's, a unique it's, one. It's his style, isn't it? And it's like, yeah. um, you know, if you look at so many of them Brendan Ingle Sheffield fighters, the boxers, yeah. how many of them fight with, their, like, fight with their arms by the side? Harold Graham did. Nazim did. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and obviously, uh, what's his name? God. Uh... Can't oh, Floyd like uh, started off There's fighting like yeah. that, and it's just that that Ingle style, isn't it? Where like they all have that kind of like hands by their side, which I do think is really effective until maybe you get a little older, uh, and and you know, and then you are, I guess, a little slower and a little bit more susceptible to getting caught. But I think MVP showing no signs of of you know, there's nothing missing on the speed front there here. I thought he looked absolutely incredible. Um, interesting post-fight that he didn't want to say his name, but it's clear, obviously, he wanted the Lima rematch. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, I think everyone wants to see that, right? 100%. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. He's yeah. earned it with that. Who does that amount of damage to people? Cyborg's head, that guy's nose, those performances, yeah. and uh, um, and, Be- and Bellator need to make these fights while, while they're you know, box office and sellers for him. So I think, yeah, get that signed as soon as possible. And I thought the first one, he didn't look out of his depth Not in any way. I thought that was a great Got matchup. Caught. I thought Got both fighters Lima. looked really good. Yeah. 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 Well, I think Lee, Lima has his title fight booked, doesn't he? He's fighting... Oh, God, I want to say Ansarov, but that's the 125-pounder. Uh, I can't remember who he's fighting, but I think um, yeah. MVP mentioned fighting Jason Jackson. And yeah. I personally would... I'm quite happy to see MVP go for the title, but I don't know when the fight's booked for 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 the belt. Uh, but if that is June, if, so he's fighting Amos- Amosov. Yeah. Amosov in yeah, June. Amosov, yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, well, 
that's not a long difference, is it? I mean, he doesn't have to fight Jackson. Hopefully, he can fight the winner of that fight. I don't know, like October or whatever, or whenever he wants to fight. But um, he didn't take a scratch, though, did well, he? Well, that's it. He could get on that undercard and make his demands. <laughs> he absolutely could. I mean, that's you know the, I mean, that's... you get on the undercard of that fight, you do something like that again, and go, "Why is this main event even happening?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's my spot. Then you, you've you've got it there, right? 100%. I mean, when, when we was at that Bellator event <clears throat> where, with the cyborg fight, I mean, I can't even remember the fights that were on after that. No. Who was talking about that? All you was talking about was, and the crowd as well that night. It was all about MVP. Like yeah. it was. He, he, he's just got that highlight reel. He's got star quality, and and but he's yeah. got the market in mind as well. And that was a great example. Like when he rolled the poker ball, and then at the next one, like when he g- g- gets out of the infinity gauntlet because yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt was in the crowd, and it's like <laughs> he, he he can do all of that. So yeah, I'd love I'd love Bellator to give him a quick turnaround and put him on that card just to see what crazy shit he'll come up with to completely overshadow the main event. I'm aware that we've got a lot of uh, fights and, you know, and, and another couple of events to talk about. So let, let, let's kind of sort of push through the, 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 a couple more fights on the Bellator card. The Queely Pitbull fight. Uh, I mean, that I mean, that was a bloody mess, right? Yeah, quite literally. Brian, what's your thoughts that, right, on that for one? Queely. Amazing for Queely. I mean, I had him 2-0 down uh, at the end of that second round. I know he opened him up with the, with the elbows, but uh, I thought... Pitbull won that second round as well. So I had him 2-0 down going into the third. And obviously the doctor stopped it. He didn't quit or anything like that. Um, I also was just noticing how early on it just seems like such a big disadvantage in the eyes of the judges to be unbelievably pale because he started off (laughs) so white and very quickly went unbelievably red that he was a lobster or like like a two-year-old who put on his sun cream and he had big red blotches just all over his body. Um, And I just thought, in the eyes of the judges, you looked like you're getting fucked up as well. (laughs) When I did Mark Goddard's um, refereeing and and judging calls, he used... Mark Davis, the Irish hand grenade, and um, and Dan Henderson as examples. He's like, the reason we don't score damage is you could spend five rounds hitting Dan Henderson in the face with a fire extinguisher, and there won't be a mark. And you can brush past Marcus Davis, and he'll swell up. He'll be red. He'll be and all that. And it's like it's 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 exactly that. It's a disadvantage. But I th- I thought Aquili looked really good though. I I was slightly. I thought the commentary maybe did him a slight disservice because they seemed to be kind of saying that was completely against the run of play. And I'd agree, Blake, I probably had him two rounds down, but I thought the the second was close. And I thought once he'd kind of... It felt like he almost got used to to taking the leg kicks in round one and then it didn't seem to be affecting him as much anymore. And I thought, yeah, I thought he looked, looked great, but yeah. He's, he's tough, though, isn't he, Queely? He's yeah, like yeah. been around the, the, this scene, and you watch some of the fights he's in. He's in wars a lot of the time, and you kind of un- underestimate him a little bit. Um, but I thought he was growing into that. I thought he was starting to, starting to cause yeah. damage. That was on the feet as well. Then there was the elbows on the ground, which really opened up at, at the end, um, Pitbull. But, um, uh, what did you make of them elbows? Did you think they were all legit? They're all legit because the 12 to 6 rule is that the clock doesn't move. Whether you're on your back or you're standing up, the clock is the same. So 12 to 6, I can do it here. If I'm laying on my back, that's 9 to 3. 
So it's not, it doesn't change whatsoever. That um, is great so, to know because I didn't know that. And I, John yeah, McCarthy yeah. was on the commentary saying those are legal elbows. Those are legal elbows. I was like, God, the angle we must change must be so minute to make it not 12 to 6. I just assumed that the clock did move. I thought it was just the angle of up and down, which is, you know, no, obviously when you're seeing the in the clinch, yeah, when you're seeing in the clinch, you're like, oh, because they, they obviously go to the side. I'm, 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 this yeah, is an audio kind of medium, yeah. and I'm here elbowing towards my mic as if people can Jazz see me. Jazz hands and elbows. Jazz hands this and elbows. That's going to be my fight name, Jazz hands and elbows. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's, what's your walkout music? Oh, Come don't on. you worry, mate. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, di- I didn't actually know that, so I was a bit confused with that, but then obviously... Uh, yeah, but as you say, because I remember Bisping just done an absolute number on GSP with those elbows as well. He would have done better in the fight had he stayed on his back, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, I loved Quayle with with um, Patricky mm. Pitbull. Um, like when when he was kind of arguing, um, I get the Pitbulls confused. So whichever one wasn't in the Patricio. fight, um, Patricio's the uh, Patricio, champion, yeah. The way and Patricio was kind of arguing with him a bit when the stoppage had happened, and he said like they were illegal blows. And Queely, calm as anything, said, "I didn't do anything illegal. We'll watch it back together, all right?" Yeah, yeah. And Patricio kind of went, "Okay, all right, cool." It's kind of that's really reasonable of you. That's fine. He was furious. Then, like, all right, yeah, let's watch him. Smashed his brother up and then whipped Irish charm out on his. Yeah, it was amazing. I did like that. They did. It seemed so calm, and there seemed to be a lot of respect there and stuff. And and obviously he's calling out for the for the title fight now. And I, I think yeah. the um, there's there was I, I don't know when the last like because I know they want to do Grand Prix a lot because it seems to be the big thing oh. that, that Bellator have over anyone else because UFC doesn't want to do them. Um, but I don't know if they would plan on doing a light uh, lightweight Grand Prix at all. But if not, then it's uh, and I don't think Patricio would want to go into one as well. He's just about to soon this year finish the featherweight Grand Prix, so I can't imagine yeah. they, that he would do a lightweight one. I think what his plan might have been was to vacate the belt for his brother to take it because his brother was ranked yeah. second in this fight, I think, and I think that was the plan was for him to win the featherweight Grand Prix, vacate the lightweight belt so that his brother can step in and fight for that belt. But obviously, with a loss in this fight. Um, I don't, I don't see how that, that is going to happen. I think it's got to be a, a title defence. After the AJ McKee fight, he's got to have a title defence, I think, maybe against Queeley. But then again, the other thing is, the poor thing for, for Queeley, I, go, I guess, is AJ McKee is becoming a really big star. And if he beats Patricio and wins that featherweight Grand Prix, he's probably got every right to get on the mic and go, let's do it at lightweight now. And then yeah, become yeah. a double yeah. champ. So, and then it, and that's probably the much bigger money fight, especially if it's a good fight, that featherweight Grand Prix final. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with, with Queeley. But, I mean, I, I hope for his sake he does get a, a title shot soon. Uh, I, I guess we didn't get the, the, the big fight that we initially wanted uh, with Romero. Uh, but, obviously, the, the, the <laughs> Rumble fight went ahead uh, with Augusto. Uh, and, I mean, it delivered. <laughs> I thought it was an absolute belter of a fight. Um Brian, your thoughts on that one? 
Just, I would like to be sat next to Scott Coker while it was going on, because like, he's lost Romero. The other massive signing that he's got a short replacement in is a, is literally seconds away from getting finished, and then he brings yeah. it back now. Um, yeah, because that would have really upset everything. That that apple cart, what they're building with this this Grand Prix, especially Augusto coming in. Augusto, though, mate, he the, he injured his right hand. Was it his right hand or left hand? His right hand yeah, first. Right hand. Badly, like couldn't even hide it. Jarred it, jacked it on his on his head, uh, and then was just trying to. I loved it, trying to find a way to cause damage with every other limb that he could throw. It and get what a game fighter that was, and to drop Johnson as well. That was madness. That was a total moment of because just with the, he was on the right side as well, just to keep throwing that left hand. Um, but then when it went to round two and Johnson came out and delivered what what he does, you kind of go. It's just mad the power he's got. It's absolutely mad, and he was furious furious at himself for that that performance but he showed he still wants it plenty of doors to get out there and then you kind of question when someone retires and then comes back what, what they're doing it for um but he's just got that death touch and he's there's n- the, the, i don't know if there's a scarier man on the planet to be in the cage with than uh, anthony johnson and 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 the fact that we got Anthony Johnson from 2012 turned up for some reason. <laughs> like the shape he was in, he looked younger than he's looked. It was just absolutely amazing. When you look at his journey in weights as well, he welterweight, fighting at yeah, welterweight so against Dan mental. Hardy. Dan then Hardy. then yeah. he missed weight and missed weight to, to the point you had to fight a heavyweight. Then he came down light heavyweight, then uh, middleweight. Well, he's done it. He fights crazy when you look at. And then in the, the off season, we'll call it, where he disappeared for a little bit, did you see the size he got to? He got so big. So, like, yeah. Just smoking weed and eating donuts and jacking weights. It was it was ridiculous. But he looked he's, phenomenal. He's gonna have a fitness DVD out for Christmas, right? <laughs> Him <laughs> and Davina McCall, that's it. That's, yeah. that's what I'm looking forward exactly. to. Do you, do you think we got more out of Augusto because he broke his hand? Like it felt like it took his performance up a notch. It, it had me thinking of when a, a football team goes down to ten men. And then becomes oh yeah tr- trouble Great because everyone's analogy. they're the underdogs and they get fired up and it felt like that it felt like he was there to fill the gap yeah. essentially and to put Rumble through but it felt as soon as his hand went it had this underdog story yeah but it was yeah. what he was doing with it like the spinning back elbows he was, was yeah. crazy kicks the cage work the, it was it was nuts that he was just. Obviously, he's trying to survive. He's trying to do whatever, whatever he does. But yeah, I thought I thought he went up in everyone, despite getting knocked out. Yeah. Went up in status for stepping up the base, and then uh, and then almost finishing him. That yeah. was that so, so close. close, so close. Which I thought was interesting that in the the, the post fight um, interview. And he was like, you know, I wish you hurt. And he was like, well, you know, you know, he, he, he hit me, blah blah blah. And then when you went down, oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, didn't man. realize he got put on his ass, which I just thought, wow, like, he must have hit you pretty hard then. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, is there anything else we need to sort of touch upon on that fight, or should we get to the main, the, 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 the main event? No, I mean, other than the fact that I think Rumble's next job is Vadim Nenkov, and I, I don't see how Rumble wins. I mean, it's, I mean, well, no, you, you can, everyone can actually see how Rumble wins. It's within the first two rounds, he touches him with the right hand. That is, that is the way that he wins. But having had four years off, which, you know, is massive, hopefully this fight would have done a lot to, to 
get him settled because he did start the fight with a thing and it felt to me like he started the fight with a slight kind of nervous energy about him and that's completely understandable for someone that's not been in there for nearly four years but the fact that Augusto come in short notice injured his hand within the first couple of minutes and then nearly finished him Mm. worries me for Rumble in the next rounds particularly against someone like Nemkov who really knows how to win um so, yeah, I, I think... And the thing is, Nemkov is he's going to be so aware of what Rumble's only real path to victory is. And I can see Nemkov wearing him down, using some wrestling, clinching, just do, doing whatever he needs to do to just avoid that right hand for the first couple of rounds and wear on him. And then, and then that's it. You, you grind out a, a dull but dominant decision. That's that's yeah. the DC blueprint, isn't it? When he went that's up against it. Rumble Johnson, yeah. out grappled him and broke him, literally broke him. Uh, didn't let him do what he wanted to do, and then just put him in so so many of the the, the same position so many times that he uh, he just wilted. And that that for me was it was a big surprise, and that's what sent him off to this four year hiatus. But ne- yeah. Nemkov is seriously good. I don't think people yeah. because it's Bellator. I don't think he gets the marketing. I don't think he gets the. He's not. He's not your MVP. He hasn't got all that the bells and whistles that come with their self promotion. But he's seriously good. So I think that's a, a difficult fight for Johnson. But Johnson could knock out an elephant. So that, yeah. That's, that's... I mean, I mean, I'm, I'd, I'd say I'm more enthusiastic about that fight after this one because yeah. because of the shape that Rumble came in and because in a way of of um, weathering the storm like with the greatest respect. To Bellator, we have seen throughout history it can be somewhere older fighters go for a paycheck. Like we, we saw Rampage at heavyweight and stuff like that, and it's like these aren't people who are taking it seriously anymore. They're clearly not as dedicated. But j- j- just the fact, as we kind of said, the the shape he was in a year ago to the shape he's in now shows he's taking it incredibly seriously and seeing this as as. Yeah, the next stage in his career, rather than a couple of paychecks and then then back to the sofa or whatever. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Should we talk Pettis? Yeah, enjoy that one. I loved it. I thought it was great. What everyone else think? <laughs> well, I just it was brilliant because he 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 showed a level there against that that the, the champion and that that's another thing i can't even think of the, the champions the, why one archuleta um and um but Pettis was just, he was just great his head movement was perfect that right hand he he made that happen um and you you kind of like the Pettis brothers you can, there's there's something yeah. nice about them, got good energy about them and uh, um you could see what that belt meant to both of them and to the team, Duke Rufus and all, all that stuff. So yeah. it was, it was great. It's just one of those where you, you, you kind of, who I, I couldn't, I don't know who's next for Sergio after that. That was a stunning performance, but who were they building next to, to sort of come in against him? Well, um, I, I, I agree that I was really, really pleased for Duke Rufus, you know, Woodley's kind of gone downhill recently. Uh, Pettis uh, lost his PFL debut as well. It was so nice for for him to have a a, a new champion with him in in Sergio. Uh, I th- I think Magomed Magomedov. I mention him all the time on this show. Now I I think he's the one that's probably going to come along, and I, I think he's pretty unbeatable at the moment. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I think he's only really lost to Peter Yarn 
and uh, he's won one and lost one. Yes, to Pete exactly. So, yeah, was, so yeah, I caught that fight. It was it was mad. Absolutely, he's that good, and he's one of um, Zabit's. But he's Zabit's best friend, so he's over there yeah. with um, Mark Henry as well, training over there with Frankie Edgar and all those those monsters. Uh, and he's underrated because he's yeah. not a talker. He's a very humble, very quiet guy. But uh, that's a great shout. That is a great. I didn't. I didn't even do the maths there. Yeah. But this is what we're yeah. here for, Blake. I've dreamt about your matchmaking <laughs> ever since the last show. <laughs> I, 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 went, I went to bed thinking about you, Blake, that night. I'm sorry, everyone else. Don't be jealous. But I was like, my goodness, what have you done to my uh, MMA uh, cockles? I, I, I think the, the uh, A. Pettis is the perfect matchup for a fighter like that who, as, who you see as undefeatable because the Pettises have got that inexplicable ability to just pull something out that you couldn't, you, you couldn't predict. And, yeah, I thought it was beautiful last night because Sergio... It felt like when Nate Diaz started to come into his own and look amazing, it felt like Sergio was always going to be the little brother and it didn't work out in the UFC. But then, yeah, he's just improved and improved. And you've got to have them in the argument for best MMA brothers, right? I mean, the oh, only yeah. only people I can think of the Nagueros to, 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 to take that, that from him. But the Diazes, as much as I love them, haven't won that haven't much, like belts-wise no. and everything. The fact that... Anthony had the, the WEC and UFC gold, and now Sergio with the Bellator. They've got to be, yeah, in the argument. The, the uh, Emilienko yeah. brothers are up there, but one's yeah. far less down the other one. <laughs> one's better than, yeah, one's slightly, I mean... <laughs> the big brother really does drag that pair down. <laughs> some of the achievements, the younger... Oh, oh, yeah, some of the achievements the other Emilienko achieved in prisons and stuff like that are really <laughs> impressive, but none of them are under the unified rules, right. and it doesn't count on his records. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Yeah. Well, look, let's let's move on to uh, to, to last night's UFC, and um, and I mean, it, it it promised so much, didn't it? And then it just seemed to just hurdle after hurdle obviously we lost the, the you know the, the big fight we was all looking forward to um and then oh, right what else got pulled obviously last last minute um the angela hill fight got pulled um, ben rothwell we lost to benoit ben rothwell ben rothwell yeah there was the co-main as well we lost oh yeah because diego, like, sanchez, diego sanchez yeah of course and his weird coach and all that kind of Let's stuff. Let's talk about it. that for a minute. Come on, mate. Come <laughs> but on. Do you know what? Please. What are we doing like, here? Is it, because is it Joshua I don't Fabio know too much about like this. Yeah. Joshua Fabio. I don't know too much about this, so oh, I want to know. Because Diego Sanchez was, was one of my favourite fighters. And, and I've just... Everybody's talking about this kind of coach and this whole weirdness. If you can give me a bit of an insight into this, I'm all well, ears. If you wait there, what I'll do is I'll get half naked, hang upside down and get one of my best friends to come and hit me with a stick for five minutes and call that training. That's There was there was a video put out of... Uh, so this Joshua Fabio, he's got this... Is it the school of something? He's got a, a self-identity mm. or something, like self-awareness. And he's, um, he's like... When... When McGregor came in with the movement coach, this is like times a thousand. Edo Portal, yeah. It's it's mad. So this guy is is sort of become his his spiritual mentor. Um, they uh, he got into an argument at the fighter 
um, interviews with the, the, the commentators. So he stepped in and he basically overrode all, all what they were saying, saying that they showed no respect. And so the best bit about that, wow. Megan, Megan Oliveri stepped in and said, I had a go at him. But my favourite bit is just watching Paul Felder slowly simmer. I'm thinking he's going to stand off any minute and knock this, <laughs> knock this guy out. Um, so he's got that going on. Uh, He's got, uh, he taught Diego, he's told everyone and the commission that he taught Diego a death punch, this death punch. And Man. Cowboy Cerrone was asked about this and he said, yeah, he, he said it before. He was in a bar with one of my mates and said, I, I know a death punch and my mate kicked the shit out of <laughs> 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 so literally beat him around the bar. He said it was one of our favourite moments when he was at Jackson Wink. He said it's one of my favourite moments that everybody <laughs> would come in and talk about this death punch and my mate who doesn't even train anymore just whipped his ass. <laughs> Um, and then they released the video, the video that of, of some of the training that they've been doing. And basically, Diego was being like he hangs upside down, he's half naked. This Joshua Fabria oh. is is punching and kicking him, and Diego's trying to dodge because he's he's training to fight Chun Li. Basically, this is what he's doing. Yeah. And then there's bits where he's blindfolded like Star Wars, and the guy's flicking a black belt at him, and he's got to dodge it. And and it's it's madness. And uh, since then, he's accused the UFC. So um, that UFC female fighters, some of them have to sleep with Sean Shelby and Dana White, and then Diego's. It's a really saying that um, if if I'm if I'm found dead, if there's a suicide and I'm found dead in the next couple of years, it's likely to be the UFC. So they said it on on and uh, was it Anthony Smith's uh, serious a uh, uh, radio show, yeah. and he he was on that saying, yeah, he's scared to eat his food because he thinks he's going to be poisoned. He's scared to go in his car because he thinks he's going to be shot by the UFC, a contract by the UFC. It's Wow. I mean... It's, it's, it's terrifying, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, uh, all, all, all joking aside, like terrifying. when... Yeah, it's sad. It's... Tony Ferguson had his, his, his mental health worries when he was really paranoid and thought people were in the walls recording him. As obvious as it is, we don't know what concussions do and long-term effects and yeah it just feels you see things like this and it's yes it's funny for a few cycles in the mma news and then it becomes the least funny thing in the world if you know what i mean because it does feel like diego is and we've we've literally all sat there and watched this happen to diego the beatings he's taken have been iconic and legendary so the fact that he seems to have completely lost it. And that that's shouldn't what, be a massive surprise. The, the backlash as well is very much against this coach. Like it's, it's like he's yeah. almost taken him and made him exploiting him, right? Exploiting him 100%. Because yeah. a lot of the, like exactly what you said, a lot of people that they love Diego. They love the fights he's done. They, they mm. understand what he's left in that cage all the way from that. This is Ultimate Fight season one. Yeah. He's the guy doing the splits on the, the, on first the poster. Ever ultimate first fighter, ever right? Ultimate yeah. Fighter. Um, to now, which is a ridiculous career in any sport, yet alone one where you're not just taking beatings in the cage, but you're also you're training and you're, you're sparring. Um, so there's there's a lot of worry about what's what's going on. But the the stuff that this Fabio has been pushing out there, and, and even the video that the people are saying, how's this video made it out onto um, social media? And it, yeah, it feels like he's a bit exploiting because you can even hear, hear him asking the camera, are you filming this? Have you got this? Did you get that? Um, and you kind of go, this is this is dark stuff mm. now, isn't it? This is dark. It's it's yeah. real shame as well because uh, I think everyone within the UFC quite likes Diego from what I hear. You know, Dana's still a big fan, all that stuff. And what a really shit way for his UFC career to end. 
You know, he, he's the type of fighter that, mm. you know, should be told, all right, this is your last fight, or he makes the decision that this is my last fight. We're going to have it in your hometown. It's going to be like the the main event of like a fight night, and it's going to be a really nice goodbye for you, or something, or, or, or like yeah, or like Thank a co a, yeah. co a a co main or on or on the main card of a big big pay per view event, and you've got the Diego Sanchez retirement fight against someone that is you know on the decline as well, ideally. Um, and yeah, that's that's how that story really should have ended. And unfortunately, it's ended in this really unceremonious way. I'd like to have seen him go out. I'd like to have seen him go out with with against Clay Guida again. Yeah, you know, mm. one of the greatest fights. You know, I, I, I you know I've ever watched. You know, uh, alongside the Melendez fight as well, both incredible Sanchez fights. And uh, obviously, Guida's on a on a roll at the moment. Like that would have been a great fight, but. Unfortunately, you know, it's not going to happen, and you know, it's it's it's, it's scary that that it sounds like this guy's uh, certainly not self-aware and has and has got his um his his claws in a you know a, a, a real a real legend. And uh, I, I I think it's it's sad because the chance for Diego's UFC career to have a happy ending was. It went away about three years ago, and it's similar to BJ Penn and several others that we see kind of sticking around too long. And yeah, this isn't—I guess this isn't the the sad ending that we were expecting. But I think it also could be a lot worse if this is what how he's training and this is what he's he's under. I'd hate to see him in there again. I'd hate to see him in there against a good fighter because it could be a really tragic ending. Because he's mm. we've seen the last few fights, he's not. He's not there again. Like his wins being like, like when he took an illegal knee yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, he's it. hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, it's sad. It's yeah, sad that, was a, that was a strange moment, that, that, that disqualification. That, yeah. that, that felt quite, yeah. Um, well, I, I want to get on to next week's event, but speaking of fighters that you want to see you know, have them thank you moments and fight in their hometown um, and have their big their big moment. Um, do you think that's something we're going to get to see for Cowboy Cerrone? Um, I, I, have, I felt really sorry for Cerrone uh, because he was expecting to fight Diego Sanchez K1. 
coached by Joshua Fabio. <laughs> so he he was probably like, oh, this is going to be a great win for me. I'm going to go out there and have a right old laugh. I'll probably get a nice old head kick KO. This is going to be brilliant. And then he ended yeah. up fighting a hungry Morono that is, you know, coming off also a, a short notice win against uh, Anthony Pettis as well, I think. Um yeah, I mean that. that I, I Cerrone was not. I, I doubt was ready at all for that. I mean, granted, it was a great punch that really rocked him, and it was it came at like really around the guard massively in the middle of an exchange. So maybe that's yeah. something that was just was Swooping. you know just happens, and there's not much you can train for or, or do with that. But I think if you're expecting and your training camp has been preparing for a Diego Sanchez now. And then you end up walking in there against Morono, you, you're underprepared. And so I did feel for him there. But um, yeah. yeah, the Cowboy is someone that just wants to fight, though, doesn't he? He loves it. I, I don't know that he's that bothered about titles. I think he just wants to keep racking up wins, getting into the record books for, for wins and all that kind of stuff, and being the legend that he is and the person that loads of fans love and, you know, Hall of Famer probably and all that stuff. Oh, he's got so many records. It's undeniable, Hall of Famer, right? He owns almost, yeah, he owns about 10 records in the UFC. But the title I'd like to see him um, retire on a shot for, you know, Cowboy trains at, lives at the BMF ranch. Yes, great shout. Let's get Masvidal putting that BMF belt on the line again. Cowboy Masvidal headlining a fight night or whatever else. And again, aware that it's it's his last fight because he said in in post fight interviews he doesn't know. A lot of people are asking if he's if that was his last fight, and he said, "Look, I don't feel like I was out off pace there, but I've not watched it back. If I watch it back and I feel, nah, you know what, you weren't up to it. But yeah, I'd love that. Cowboy having a go at the at the BMF title, Masvidal. I I saw a quote from him, or or or, yeah, saying that he. His head wants to fight, but it feels like his body's not doing what his head mm. wants it to do anymore. Mm. Uh, and so I think that it was, it was words to that that effect. That and it's not like his head has ever been sensible. You know, mm. when it comes to these things, he's yeah. always life. thrown himself in on last minute notice, yeah, or off a cliff, <laughs> or out of a plane, <laughs> or whatever else. So if his head is the one that's yeah, that's that's making the the logical choices at this stage, yeah. it might be time to. I don't. Cool. I think he's. Um, he, he, I think he'll call his last shot. I think because he, he was talking about this maybe being his last fight as well. The Diego yeah. one and go, going out with that. But um, he said, I don't want my legacy to end like that. So I think he will get the chance. And I think he's got enough good grace with everyone in the UFC. Every the only blip in his um, tiny little uh, well massive UFC career, but uh, on, on the blemish on it was be when he was almost part of the union with Beyond Rebney. Do you remember when they did that union? Right, yeah. But one day, and he didn't know what he was there for, and then phone day, and went, I, I just turned up for an appearance, and suddenly I'm on this union thing. Um, but apart from that, he's done them so many favors. He's given the the fan. He's such a fan favorite. He's just he's the epitome of cool, a cool fighter. Um, but yeah, Blake, match make it for me. Come, what am I going to close my eyes and dream? Well, uh, I have to say, a cowboy and what? Just go, go. I I don't want him anywhere near Masvidal. 
I, 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 I think Masvidal would fuck him up in about two minutes. I, I, I mean, we know. <laughs> Break that... it down technically well, for us. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, this is why people uh, tune in. Uh, they want, they want the nuances of fighting. Yeah. yeah, of violence broken uh, yeah. down. <laughs> uh, no, well, we know Cerrone doesn't do well in the first rounds. So he's, he's even come out and said it himself that he, you know, this is a problem I have, and he doesn't quite know how to. To fix it, he had two rounds with like Yair Rodriguez or whatever it was before the fight started, just to try and get over that kind of first round hump or whatever it is. Um, uh, I, I, I think Masvidal is still probably a top ten. Well, oh wait, I do think his stardom has pushed him further than what he really should be at. Um, yeah. But I think he's still a top ten welterweight. And I don't know that Cerrone is a top twenty welterweight right now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that is not a great fight. He should, what he should be doing is phoning us lot up and joining our welterweight legends league that we came up with last time on the show, oh, you know, oh, 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 Cer- Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis again versus, you know, we could potentially, <laughs> if, if Tony Ferguson loses this weekend, he could come into the worldweight legends, Dan Hardy, <laughs> frigging, uh, Paul Semtex daily, S- Matt Sarah, let's get that <laughs> yeah, in there. Matt, Matt Brown, <laughs> you know, yeah. let's get them all in there. Carlos Condit, they're the just, ones that we want, uh, the legends league, Robbie Lawler. that though. Cowboy v Nick Diaz. Yes! Oh, oh, getting a yes. huge fight, yes. huge payday. Yes. Both absolute loved, adored oh, by the fans. That would be a good farewell, oh, right? Pip, you Who would you cheer for? Blake, you're out. Who would Blake, you you're for? out. Oh. Pip, you're in. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, I bow to you on that one, Pip, because I've been hearing so much about, like, Nick Diaz coming back, Nick Diaz coming back, whether he actually it's will or not. as well. Yeah, but, but, like, people yeah. are talking about, oh, Hamzat Shemaev. No, that's a terrible idea. No. Don't want anything to do no. with that. Terrible. They're talking about Masvidal. I mean, sure, it's fun because of the story, because look what he did to his little brother. But really, do you think Nick Diaz is going to do anything to Masvidal? No, I don't think so. So who does he fight? He fights Cowboy fucking Cerrone. <laughs> you've named one, it. It's the one, right? That is the absolute one. That has to be made. What a great fight. What a great yeah. fight. Maybe all these, these the things that have happened, like Diego coming out of this fight, maybe even Cowboy losing this fight, and Nick on the verge of coming, maybe it's all fall into place for yeah. that. If that Perfect happens, now, right? guys, if that happens, we have to do a fight companion on the yeah. night. 100%. Oh. Drunk cast, stroke, <laughs> whatever else. Done. Done. Can we trademark that okay. fight so and, that everyone knows we yeah. came up, well, Pip came up with that fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we all we came this up with it together. Fed into that yeah. moment for him. If you Did you see how excited I was as you were listing all the people in the welterweight legends? He saying, "Don't say Nick. I've just come up with this idea. I've just come up." You're going through everyone. I'm like, "Wait, I've got oh, it. Yeah. How about Nick?" <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, there were some uh, other good wins, um, which I'll, I'll, I'll rattle a couple off before we get to the uh, the main fight. <clears throat> Uh, Gillespie uh, versus Freire was a good fight. Oh, can I just uh, can I just say something on the Gillespie? We're not one. rattling this one off. Yeah. Let's put the brakes yeah. on right. Now. So that was that was named fight of the night. And the brilliant thing about that is for Gillespie, not for Ferreira, is that I didn't know this. If you missed weight, not only do you sacrifice thirty yeah. percent of your show money to the other fighter, which he had to do, obviously. But he's not eligible for the bonus. So Gregor Gillespie got the full whack fight of the night bonus. He walked away with an no, extra 100K. Joking. He walked away with 100K. Boom. 
extra. Oh. Mate, that's some fishing equipment he's going to be buying. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's Boy. some John Wilson VHS videos he's going on eBay and buying, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Straight in there with, with, with the, the Monsters of the Deep by John Wilson. Oh, 100k dreams come uh, true, Greg. I didn't know that, but the fight was immense. Uh, that, as, as far as a, 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 when people say grappling is boring, no, no. it's not. That is high-level stuff, and and you look at even before that. So what we talk about Benil Dariush and his fight as well with um, Ferreira. That again was absolutely beautiful stunning uh, MMA grappling and the back and forth between the two Gillespie looking absolutely like wobbling when he stood up uh, at the end of the first round yeah. out of effort he put in and then digging deep and then screaming at the end that's all heart that's all heart that's and yeah, man. It's amazing what a and then the post fight interview like he yeah. was almost in tears and yeah. talking about the doubts he had from being off for you know or not having a win for two years being off for almost two years yeah. and it just made all of it well off the back of Beautiful. that knockout yeah. which against kevin lee anyone can he can knock anyone he's, he's an amazingly powerful striker I, I was saying before this um that this was the fight i was most excited about because it seemed that gregor gillespie was one of the most hyped and exciting fighters in the division and then he got one loss and everyone just seemed to forget about him completely. Yeah. It seemed to be like this isn't this isn't boxing. That's not how it works in 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 mixed martial arts. You you have losses. So yeah, I was so pleased it delivered. But I mean, Ferreira surprised me a bit. I know how good he is, but for some reason, I was so excited for Gregor to come back. I thought it would be him dominating. But after that first round of not being able to dominate, to get to as you say, stumbling back to his corner and then. Keep persisting, keep pushing it, not be disheartened, not go, oh, it's not working. Just keep going and, yeah, yeah, what a fight. Like the, the, the transitions of Ferreira, so you had him slipping from when he was getting taken down, Kimoras to Omoplata's taking the yeah. back, a knee bar attempted, heel hooks, the lots of just just the, the, the defensive grappling against the offensive wrestling was, that is what MMA is all about. It was like an instructional video. Oh, it, was it was like stunning. a BJJ instructional yeah, video, yeah. like those transitions. It's like, but this is an actual, this isn't your mate who's sh sh showing how to put a bit of resistance, but, you know, allow it to happen. This yeah. is a top fight. This is fight. how it yeah. works. This is how it works. Amazing. It Even the body lock when he had the omoplata to stop Gillespie rolling out of it. It's all just mad, mad stuff that makes me happier than it should. So, uh, yeah, amazing. While we're on it, though, I mean, Blake touched upon the missing weight and the financial repercussions. Benoit was the physical repercussions oh of weight cutting. Yeah. That was horrific to see. And again, it just continues to be this terrible, terrible thing that we don't seem to be able to get away from in in MMA. I know, I know one... I was going to say do certain things, at least claim to do yes. certain things. There's a lot of people questioning a lot of their <laughs> their, their claims. It's never it's never visible. <laughs> it's never in front of anyone. But yeah. the only solution is is on the day weigh-ins, right? But then but again, people that's will just still cut. Still, still cut. Probably got with weight cuts. Is people will still cut? And yeah. again, it's the risk of we've seen what COVID can do to cards with losing fights on the day. It can be a real damage so if if we're genuinely going to say we're going to weigh them in on the day and then for example in a title fight say oh the no nah, the fight's off because they they didn't make weight also the damage the fighters the damage the fighters would 
take, I would imagine, on the same day weigh-in would, would be worse. Yeah, because they're still going to cut, as you yeah. say. They're still going to cut. The point would the... be to stop them cutting, but they're still going to yeah. fucking cut. It's but the problem with that horrific. is the cut, cutting, the first place that loses water is the brain. The last place that regains it is the brain. So that is the, the, the nasty science of, uh, of yeah. water cutting and what it can do to you. And... Um, there's it's so difficult because i've got like a devil's advocate side to this as well unless it's a very short notice fight and then you're asking to cut without water loading or without the preparation um like a week before lose 15 kilos which sounds ridiculous to someone but it happens they do they do this so it's mad when i talk to my wife and that's on way in night and there's some fighters in there that'll cut 10 key and one and she's like how do they do how how do you lose 10 kilos in less than 24 hours? But some people do it. They've mastered how they do it. Um, so unless you are doing something where the fighters are with the UFC for, say, the last, not just fight week, the last two weeks, and a regularly weighed and hydrated test in that in the hotel, so you, you know when somebody's off or you know the patterns of somebody making weight, how much they usually come in for, how much they, if they've missed before, Apart from that, it's so difficult because the other side is a fighter usually is signing the contract, say, three months out. So it is kind of on them a little bit. If you've signed to, to fight it that way, you need to manage it so you can healthily make that way on, on the fight week. But you're still going to get people doing these these crazy cuts, and that, that's the dangerous bit. Maybe greater guarantees or, or security in the contracts because, again, it is a nightmare with, with the UFC is who we're talking about now. So with the UFC where... If you have to pull out, you're not getting anything. You've, you, so say you are two months into your camp and you've paid for all of your training partners, your whole camp, and you real and because of something, some outside influence, you realise you're not going to be on target to healthfully cut the weight. You can't really turn around and go, I can't make the fight. Like, can we push the fight back a yeah. month or whatever else? You can't do that. So you you're left only with, all right, I'll have to cut unhealthily then. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and in in these times, it's completely reasonable to think there'll be legitimate reasons that your weight cut will get interrupted because of all sorts of pandemic-based reasons. So it's crazy that this is a a thing that's still there. Yeah, it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous. I, I, I mean, I've said it before on this podcast, and it's my it's my go-to and my catchphrase. But like, when it comes to modern MMA, weight or the dangers to modern MMA fighting, weight cutting is second only to Herb Dean. <laughs> um, I really don't think this. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's a huge threat. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> can we okay, finish well, there? Because we're not going to beat that. <laughs> it's my go-to. I've said it online before. I've said it on this podcast before, so I can't even claim spontaneity there, but I truly believe it. I'm glad we rattled through that one for you, Stu, anyway. That's good. <laughs> well, um, obviously, uh, there was the, the Magny-Jeff uh, Neal fight. Uh, do we want to touch on that? Uh, just Magny doing what Magny does. He's that, like, elite-level yeah. kind of gatekeeper, which sounds horrible to say, but... You know, it seems like he can never quite break maybe like the top five. But outside of that top five, he's a really tough match for absolutely everyone. And we've seen just even over the last week or so that cardio being used as a weapon. Magni does it really well. We saw Gillespie do it well. Last week we saw Yuri Prohashka doing it really well. It's just Mm -hmm. people that have that next level cardio and can just... Grind you down, grind you down, 
make you work, make you work and get you into the later rounds and just be able to kind of pick you apart a little bit because you just you just can't keep up. None of your shots have any power on them ever, anymore because you're you're so tired. And there's fighters that do that so well now. And, and I think Magni is one of them. And, you know, the the I suppose the, the, the fight to make for Magni is kind of anyone in, in, in the top 10, I, I, I guess. But uh, the the one that he's been calling for for ages, I don't know if it appeals to him as much anymore because the hype train's not quite as big, was Hamzat Shemaev. Everyone was going, yeah. you know, at Hamzat Shemaev versus Leon Edwards, Hamzat Shemaev versus Nick Diaz, all this stuff. And Dana White had that whole thing of like, no one wants to fight this guy. He's just taking out three guys on, on two weeks or whatever it was. Within three weeks, he's taking out three guys or whatever. No one wants to fight this guy. And Neil Magny the whole time was going, no, I'll fight him. Please let me fight him. Please, Dana, over here. Dana, oh my God, am I wearing am I wearing my Harry Potter invisible cloak here? What's going on? Why can't Dana see me? It's just you know. And now you surely, if they still want Hamzat to be pushed massively and to get you know a, a, a top top fighter within the top ten that will stick him straight in the rankings and fast track him to a potential title shot, give him Neil Magny, and then we will truly see how good Hamzat Shemaev is. I mean, the caveat to that is Hamzat Shemaev has just come off of a really awful bout of COVID. So, yeah. you know, maybe he needs to be eased in a bit. Maybe do give him like just a top 25 guy or something to ease him back in. I'd, I'd be fine with that too. But if the UFC really want to push him and if, if Hamzat is confident that he is, you know, an elite level guy and should be pushed into like a fight with a Leon Edwards who was third ranked and stuff like that, then go and beat Neil Magny. And if you do, you're you're a top guy, no question. Yeah, and it, it, it's mad, like you mentioned earlier, Blake, that Cowboy is a future Hall of Famer. Magny probably isn't, and oh. that's really weird, because the people he's beaten, like, and, and the runs he's been on, the, the it, but, you know, I can completely see it. It's like, no, he's probably not a future Hall of Famer. And it, equally, other than Hamzat, we would all, we were all nodding along when you said, and... The next fight for him is probably anyone. Yeah. <laughs> there's not. There's weirdly not that excitement or that drive. He's he's not put that personality out there, I guess, to make us go, oh, here's who I'd love to no. see him against next. It's it's such a shame because he's. I mean, he's ruined so many events for me because you know I love Maya. I love Law. Like, like there's so many great people that are fan favourites that he's just gone in and just outworked. So and I respect that. I, yeah. I I love him for that. But it's yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, so I think his opportunity was the Kiesa fight. And but that doesn't yeah, that show yeah. you how good Kiesa is in a lot of ways? Because yeah. I think any anyone that beats Magni is probably one or two Literally. fights away from a title yeah. fight. Um yeah. so you know and Kiesa's one of those only guys that Usman hasn't beat in the top 10. So and um, who's who's um, Abdelaziz is is Usman's manager, I think, and I think he came out recently saying uh, that maybe we'll fight Kiesa or, or something like that. I think probably trying to wind up Colby Covington. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I think Neil is definitely a, a top top guy, and we'll, we'll just have to see what he happen, what happens next because he doesn't have that personality, as you say, he just doesn't have that that thing to really get the fans super excited. And I, I, I don't know what that is because I think he's got the most wins in welterweight UFC history. So he 100%, as you said, Pip, he should be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. I don't see it happening because he doesn't have it. He's destined to be that, 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 that gatekeeper and that star tester, isn't he? I'd yeah. love it if before he walked out, they always just played that clip of Dana saying, 
so you want to be an ultimate fighter, and then they send out Magni, because he is yeah. the, he's, he's the ultimate litmus test of, oh, you want to be in the top, you want to be in the top, yeah. all right. Send in Magni. Get, here's, here's Magni, yeah. yeah, exactly, he is that guy, isn't he? But yeah, it's a weird one. Um, well, let's get on to the main event um, before we look ahead to, uh, to 262. Uh, Rodriguez uh, versus Karate Hottie. I mean, I thought it was a great fight. Uh, Blake, do you want to kick off on this one? Go on, Blake. Uh, well, on, do you know what? It's one of those ones where, yeah, it, it was a really great fight, and I really loved it as a fight. But the whole card as a whole, with this as a headliner, just felt quite inconsequential. It felt like there's no one on the card other than maybe Rodriguez, and I still think this is a stretch. No one on that card with a win was going to get to like a title shot before another three wins. So I kind of... It was a massive, here's what you could have won, wasn't it? A little it? bit. Because we, had, because we lost so many fights, yeah. it was a real kind of... It probably, if that was the original announced card, you probably would have gone, cool, a good little fight night. But yeah. because we kept losing fights and yeah. kept losing excitement, it's like, all right, here's the main event, is it? And the main event was the, the winner of Sandhagen TJ is the next guy up for the belt against, yeah. you know, Sterling yeah. or Yarn or however that plays out. Yeah. That's the next guy up. That's huge. That's got such... Implications in, in in what's happening in the future of, of of whatever division you're in when you've got that number a dead on no question number one contender fight. Also, you throw in the fact that it was the bad guy, the cheat TJ was coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it just it had it. I was so excited. The snake, the you know, snake killer sure coming back. And uh, yeah, and so we we missed out on that. And and this was a good fight. Great, you know, Marina Rodriguez looked fantastic. I thought Michelle Watson looked great as well. The fact that it was maybe at 125 as well, rather than 115, kind of makes you go, oh, well, does it mean as much? And I think it does. I don't necessarily think that fight goes differently if they're at 115 as opposed to 125. And and good on them for coming in and putting on a fantastic show on short notice, albeit 10 pounds above their usual weight class. But... It just all felt a little bit like, yeah, it's a nice fight, but it doesn't really mean much to the future of the division, so I'm not overly excited about it. It's, it's, I mean, it's occurred to me, though, it's, you know, it feels like it was bad for us t- to lose that fight. TJ went from being number one contender fight, headliner of the UFC, to being in the corner for one Ancelotta losing his belt on Bellator on Friday night. <laughs> that's, that's a big turnaround for his weekend as well, right? <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. But yeah, I, I completely agree. It didn't have that excitement. I think Rodriguez is the, the perfect person to get a really exciting fight out of Waterson. I think Waterson has got a bit of that, that Holly Holm about her, that she's such a great counter-striker, but she's not necessarily great at chasing it herself. So she'll, she'll whiff a lot of shots at, at range, but if someone isn't pressuring her, it might not be the most exciting fight. And God was their pressure in this fight. It was it was pretty constant. They they got a great fight out of each other. But yeah, exactly great. the same. It's kind of all right. Well, there it was. I thought it was you a know. great conflict of styles. Like I, I really liked the fact that obviously you know by her very name, you know it's that low slung karate style. You know kicks were ridiculous. And and as yeah. the commentators were saying, on point, like on target every time. Rodriguez just, I just, I, I love watching that Muay Thai style. Anyway, it's my favourite style of fighter to watch, and and I thought, I thought she looked like a beast. Eh? I thought uh, uh, Muay Thai was was looked re- really solid, like and yeah, and I, I thought, yes, the kicks weren't quite as flamboyant looking, but they were fucking effective. 
Like, mm. I don't know. What, what was your? What did you take on that? Uh, take from that fight, Brian? Yeah, so I think you've, you've said it all, really, because it was it was the fight that we got given, not the fight that we were sort of asking for as the main event. It was nice, very technical. Made me think though, like they've they've sort of talked about. Um, in MMA, the, the best style is is wrestling, is that foundation of wrestling. What we've seen in the in the female divisions, though, is Muay Thai is something that is standing out. You look at Yun Jacek, the both Shevchenko sisters. You now look at Rodriguez. Um, that seems to be the style that stands out, and, and it's eye-catching. It makes a fight of it, and... I thought, I thought Michelle Walter, I love her to bits. She's mm. like, yeah. uh, she's the perfect mum, the wife. She's hearing her husband do those amazing warm ups where they do all these crazy stuff together. Um, she's, yeah, she's clean cut, well spoken. She's all that. Um, but uh, I, don't, I think she was well outsized in this fight. I think her mm. grit got her through to those final rounds. She's technically brilliant, but I just don't think she's got enough bite, bite to. Um, to cause someone like Rodriguez problems. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Or, or, or the snap in those Muay Thai strikes were the difference. Yeah. The the uh, R- Rodriguez had the karate, but there's elements of of Carter there, kind yeah. of thing. That the, the, these are, are moves that 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 have been learnt to be thrown at air, and now they're being th- thrown at human. And again, she, she does them amazingly, but it felt like Rodriguez has never thrown any of them strikes without connecting to something. Yeah. You know, whether it be a bag or an opponent, a sparring partner or whatever else, they were always full thrown. And yeah, the snap on them was, was glorious. Okay. Well, um, let's look ahead, uh, to, to, to UFC, two, six, two. And, uh, and well, I guess if we start, we just work our way through the, the main card, uh, it's kicking off uh, featherweight division, uh, Burgos versus uh, Edson Barbosa. I mean, Barbosa's always great to watch, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Burgos is someone who's going to put the pressure on as well. Another one who's going to be, who's going to make a scrap out of it. And yeah, that's that's just going to be a br- brutality, you'd imagine, right? It's the perfect kickoff fight, isn't it, for a main card? Because oh, the yeah. ingredients are all there for, for 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 it to be beautifully violent. It's yeah. They've both got that style. They both bring it. Uh, Barbosa is just devastating when he's on form, and they've both got that familiar opponent as well. They've both got a win off Amir Khani. Um, yeah. So there's there's yeah. I just I just think when you're when you're matchmaking, when Sean Shelby has got his deck of 45ers out and he's looking around is when you pick up those two you kind of go that's there's it's it's hard to see this going anywhere but being being fun to start the card if you're not going to get what happened with the uh josh emmett fight um you're not going to get that wrestling style coming at him it's going to be a a a decent quality uh exchange so yeah i'm looking forward to it i love the image of him with his all, all, all the all the 45ers on cards on his desk. The, <laughs> the blind is slightly open. He's smoking and looking out and glancing back <laughs> just, at them. Just. And then, and then he, yeah, he's got his whiskey. <laughs> and then he puts Burgos and Barbosa together. And nods. That's beautiful. That's it. Rest of the day, off just just clicks <laughs> yeah. his door to closed. That's yeah. it. That's... Ta- take that, Blake. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Anything to add to to that scrap, Blake? No, I, I think it could be fight of the night. Easy. I, I, yeah. I really do. I think Burgos will just plough forward and take a shot to, to give shots. He's big for the weight class as well. We all know how good Barbosa is. He's got to be 
in everyone's top five favorite fighters with like some of his like wheel kick KOs and what he did to Dan Hooker and his fights with Paul Felder and all that stuff. Like he's absolutely brilliant. I just yeah. I just wonder if Burgos will have a kind of maybe a good style to fight him. And I, I wonder if surprisingly you might see Barbosa try and take Burgos to the ground. I, I, I do wonder if Burgos just constant pressure and constantly trying to put things in boxing range rather than kicking range might just slightly overwhelm Barbosa and and get him to, to shoot for a takedown. So I don't necessarily think that Burgos is that great off his back. And yeah, I, I wonder if we might see someone like, I know that's unlikely with, with someone like Barbosa, but I, I think it is it is possible to see that happening. And uh, yeah, but it's just going to be such a fun fight. I think this is, as you say, the perfect way to start the card. I think you're right, because I think Barbosa does struggle with pressure fighters at times. Because yeah. as, as amazingly technical as he is, he retreats backwards. He doesn't tend to circle out and move to the side. So I could completely see... If he gets caught against the cage a few times, I could completely see him going, as soon as I feel my back foot on the cage, shoot. Yeah. You know, otherwise I'm going to be have that pressure and be up against, because he works at range. He's a, he's a range fighter. He's a sniper. Yes. Um, so if he's got someone like a Shane Burgess who's going to pressure, 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 I can completely see him going, all right, well, let's... To switch things up a bit. Yeah, and I think he did do a couple of takedowns. Was it Makwan Amirkani? And I think he, he maybe kind of shot for takedowns in, in that fight as yeah. well. So it's not something Barbosa never does. Um, and yeah, and Spurgo's his back. You see, his back's massive. He's absolutely yeah. huge. But the way I know Barbosa's coming down uh, from 155, really, but, but I, I still think Burgos might look bigger than him. Um, and that's yeah. imposing because yeah. he is a bit zombie like. He really takes shots well. And uh, yeah. and I know he's not going to want to take like a frigging spinning wheel kick or anything like that, but I do think he can take a shot well enough. I think he's going to really plough forward. It's, it's just got the makings for a brilliant fight. Well, next in the women's uh, flyweight division, uh, we've got Kathleen uh, Churjian and Vivian Arujo. Uh, what are we making on that fight? I'm making you try and pronounce. Oh, don't make me say it again. Sugar Jean. I was thinking to myself, do I? Oh, say I really anything? hope you. <laughs> I was like, do I let just, him get away with Sugar Jean or whatever he says? Choo 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 choo. Go, yeah, go. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's go okay. again, mate. Take two. You got this. Yeah. Set it up. Knock it home. I want both of them. Believe me. Right, believe in me. Come on. Right, I'm going to go for Catelyn. Chuka Jim. Chukagian. Chukagian. Yeah. Right. Is that right? I think yeah, I'm right. I think you're right, Pip. Yeah, Chukagian is what I've always that's, thought. That's it how was. it's written. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pricks. Yeah. Oh, Chukagian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. Well, I'm getting on the hype train of Choo Choo, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> None last time, lads. I've had my first one. Oh, there it is. Dear, oh, dear. Right, what are we making of that fight? Let's move on. Well, all, all, I'm, I'm hoping uh, Chukagian wins, just because I think if Arujo wins, it's kind of a fresh face for the division, and there's always the possibility of uh, her getting the next title shot. And obviously, we want our good friend Joanne Calderwood to get the next title yeah. shot. 
old fan of the show, uh, fan of the show, friend of the show, because she's been on the show. She's probably a fan as well. She's probably a big fan of this show. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I, you know, I, I really, I'm biased. I want, I want Joanne Calderwood to beat Lauren Murphy and get the next title shot. And I think if Chukagian wins, she's not getting a title shot because she's been beat by Valentina. She got beat by Andrade. Uh, whereas Arujo is a bit of more of a new face and I think could be potentially in it doesn't take that much it seems to get a title shot at flyweight there's not you know no, Valentina no, seems to be so ahead of the pack um and so yeah so I I, I I for purely selfish reasons just want Chukagian to win and then Calderwood do the business and get the title shot next I'd like yeah, to get. You don't get have to keep saying a fucking name, mate. That's what I mean. Get through unscathed. <laughs> quick turnaround. She's back on next week's show, lads. That's what. That's, that's it. What <laughs> that's the plan. I mean, just quickly, Brian. When when you're out in like Russia and that commenting on fights, I mean, there must be some serious names to be able oh, to get your tongue mate. around. Gadjimorad, Ustamagomedov. Uh, who else have we got? We got some Dovlajanyagjimoradov. Who else has caught me out before? But sometimes you, you sit in your room and you break it down phonetically. And then my favourite one is because Brad, I do it with Brad, and he's, he's not got good English yet, alone good English Russian. And uh, so I'll say to him, I'll say, look, I'll say the full name, you just say the first name, or we'll pick the, a name that's easy. But then you'll get a bit confident halfway through the fight, and then you'll start trying to say it. And I'm just like... <laughs> I feel his pain, brother. I feel oh, his pain. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, right, what we got next on the card? Let's, uh, let's, it's uh, let's Hermanson v Shabazian, I think, which Good has fight. been bumped up from. It's been bumped up from the prelims because obviously we've lost out on Edwards and Eight Diaz, which is now on the two sixty three card. Which you know that that is a massive loss to any card, isn't it? Leon Edwards and, and Nate Diaz being taken off. It, it felt completely fair though, right? Because I was kind of looking at this card and going. I mean, they're giving us too much. <laughs> <laughs> they're being too kind. It felt it's like the, someone's got to take a hit. Leon Edwards. Yeah. We give it yeah. Leon Edwards. He needs another hit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, in reality, it probably means he's going to be higher up on 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 that card, right? Because well, Leon and Nate would have been third down the card, which is mad for Leon and Nate, you'd think, no, or potentially. They, no, I think Leon and Nate. Round co-main yeah. event. That's the, oh, they were the co-main, yes, weren't they? They've actually they dropped. Round. They've, right. they've dropped, I think, because the card that they're now on, uh, there's still going to be a five-round fight, so that's going to be great. But they're on 263, which is, I mean, you think we were we were stacked on this card with them. Yeah. But, I mean, Adesanya versus Vittori in the main event. Then you've got the rematch, Figueiredo Moreno. What an amazing fight that was. Who doesn't yeah. want to watch the rematch? Then, so the third kind of, I mean, maybe a joint co-main, I don't know what you want to call it, but obviously it's not for a belt, so it has to be further down the card, is Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. Then also on that yeah. card, you've got Damian Myers' potential retirement fight against Bilal Mohamed and Paul Craig, Jamala Hill. Uh, so Yeah, that's pretty stacked. That's pretty stacked, yeah. I mean, to be fair, both both cards can be absolutely stacked. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but on to Hermanson Shabazian. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Do you know what? It's... Um... Uh, I think it's a fight where it's if it gets out the first round, it, it, it leans towards Hermanson more. You've got that uh, Ed, Edmund. I was careful how I said that then. Um, his last fight. He, he, We're all friends here, mate. It's all right. <laughs> Edmund. Um, his last fight. Um, 
yeah, obviously he, he got finished in that fight and that's the, his first loss. And it's his first fight that's gone out of the first round, I believe. Is that right? No, no, because he, he has a, a, split, a split decision against Darren Stewart, right? Um, but apart from that, all of his fights have pretty much been one-rounders. So he's finished everybody within, uh, apart from Darren Stewart, within the distance. Hermanson is tough as they come. He's so well around. He's been around for so long. So I think it's a great fight. It's these two both trying to get in that picture again, back back in that discussion. Um, they were both one fight away, technically, from getting a, a, at least a contender shot, yeah, alone a title shot. Uh, but I think if it goes past that first round, if if Hermanson can weather that storm, those power shots, then that, I think I think he can take it. I think that's that's the way to win for him. Pip? Yeah, I completely agree. I think they're both fighters who've lost a little bit of shine recently and both desperately want it back. And that can be the perfect combination, really. Two fighters who are still at that high level. It's not like they've they've dropped, they've lost to good people, but they've just, yeah, they've lost a bit of shine. So I think that should be a, a nice a nice little battle. You forget, um, you forget as well, Edmund's only 23. Yeah. That's yeah. the mad thing, isn't it? He's 23 and he's, he's, really he's speaking of crazy trainers he's under Tarvarian isn't he he's under Ronda Rousey's yep. old, yeah. old old coach oh, wow. yeah. uh, so yeah so there's there's that angle as well but he's only 23 and to, to, to put in the performances that knockout who did he beat Brad Tavares yeah uh, the head yeah. kick KO that was like the, yeah. the head kick from Rose I'd- uh, beautiful uh, so he, he's, he's great but go on I, I, I genuinely think that He's not got quite as much of a hype train because some of the MMA community so want Ronda to be a one-off under Tarverian because he's just again he's, he he wasn't popular as a or, or wasn't well respected in his training techniques and whatnot. So I think so many people wanted it to be well. No, it was just Ronda under him that they were all ready to to, to write off Edmund. Shabazian for ages, and it's like, well, no, he's really good. <laughs> well, his not... his guy was the Bellator champ, right? So his guy was the the one. It was one of oh, his really as well, isn't that's right. right, isn't it? I'm not so, sure. so he's one of those that you kind of hope he's not got any champions, but he's he's got he's had the Bellator one, yeah, Ronda yeah. Rousey, and he's slowly edging his way back in. We'll get some more quotes soon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I I have to say, I I don't fully agree with the. Once it gets past the first round, it goes to Hermanson. I, I actually think, I think Edmund could win this in a in a three round decision. I think his striking is superior, in my opinion, to Hermanson. As long as Hermanson's not going full friggin' Freddy Krueger again and is going to be slicing people up with his fingernails like he did to Vittori, um, I think uh, I think he's going to be. I think Shabazian's stand up is far better. And, I mean, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, no, I definitely don't know what I'm talking about, let's be honest. But um, <laughs> but I, I don't rate... I don't know that Hermanson's takedowns are that great. And I know that Shabazian struggled with the wrestling last time against Brunton, but it was Derek Brunton. I mean, Derek, Derek Brunton, Brunton is... He's, he's, he's probably... You could say he's the best wrestler in that division. So, it, Shabazian... And it's been about eight or nine months since that fight. So... You know, he's young. I reckon he's going to pick things up quick, and I reckon he's not going to be foolish enough to think, oh, uh, that was a one-off. I think he's going to have spent the last eight or nine months really going over the wrestling. And I think Hermanson's wrestling is probably fine, but it's nowhere near the level of, like, a Derek Brunson. And I think Hermanson's path to victory here is getting it to the ground and using his jiu-jitsu. 
And I think if, if Shabazian has been drilling that wrestling over and over again to make sure the Derek Brunson thing doesn't happen again, I don't see that Hermanta is necessarily going to get him down. And I think Shabazian, if he can use his movement, keep the fight at range, will pick Hermanson apart. So, yeah, I, that's what it's, I can see happening. It's, it's, it's interesting with some BJJ players, though, isn't it? Like We mentioned Damian Meyer's potential retirement fight coming up. Dude's never had good takedowns. Yeah, it's never weird. in his career yet is is an absolute beast. And I think Hermanson is on the verge of one of them. That if he can get hold of you and use a bit of power or just kind of drag yeah, yeah. you down, then you could be in trouble. But yeah, I completely agree. It's not like he's got the Br- the Brunson style exploding uh, double leg c- a, a kind of approach. So yeah, well, it's like it's going to be an interesting one. The Kelvin Gastelum one was like a fluke. It kind of like I think Kelvin yeah. went for like a weird kick. And they just landed in a weird scramble on the floor and he got a heel hook in seconds. You could do yeah. Kelvin Gastelum, Jack Hermanson ten times. That definitely won't ever happen again. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it's one of those ones where you're never sure. The re- a rematch between Kelvin Gastelum and Hermanson could literally go any way. I didn't think I learned anything from that first fight where I go, oh, that's how this fight goes every time. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, you say that, but Shabazian is more than capable of throwing a ridiculous kick and it missing and him landing on his arse. <laughs> Very true. At, at some point. So, <laughs> so of, all the, of all the situations, I could completely see that happening. Yep. And, yeah. Should we discuss um, the, uh, well, what we got coming up next? Uh, Dariush and Darius, Ferguson. Ferguson. <sighs> I mean, this, this is, I think this would be fire than I'll, this is what I'm thinking. Speaking yes. of violence. Yeah. You know, Jesus. Well, what do you think, Stu? Yeah. You've been uh, you've been kind of comparing this. I know you're a big fan of, of Ferguson. Why don't you uh, you tell us what you think? Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'd say that uh, I don't think Tony's going to win this. Um, I, uh, I, I I just think that uh, Darius is just he's just he's the one in that division that just. <clears throat> I think he's going to be a, 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 a superstar in this, and and I think he's going to. What's Tony now? How old's he? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Thirty-eight. Yeah. Like and yeah, I'm 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 just favouring Darius on this. Um, I mean, how many? He's he's not lost since six fight wins. When did he last look? Yeah, when did he last lose? Barbosa was it or Alexander Hernandez in Hernandez. 2018, early 2018. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, Darius. Does anyone, does anyone else agree with me on this? By yeah, the way? I, I do. Yeah, I agree 100. I also like these two top fights because it feels like the hard workers in each of these divisions have suddenly got their shots. So you have got Benil Dariush taking yeah. on Ferguson, mm-hmm. which is a massive fight because of all the hype that comes with Ferguson. How he was touted is just who he is. Um, and Benil Dariush is one of those workers. He's like, kind of like come up through the division. You look at his fights. He's, he's had two fights with Ferreira that he's won both of. And that last one was just unreal. The, the, the grappling, the wrestling that he, that, that he did, as well as his striking, which is getting better and better each time. And then you've got Charles Oliveira as well. Somebody almost got nudged out of this title shot, which he 100% deserves over Michael Chandler um, because of it looked like it was going to be Poirier, Going in against Chandler, that that I think was the initial fight. Now, because Poirier took the the McGregor fight, the the red panty night, uh, this has meant Oliveira's <laughs> gone in. But I think it's the right fight. It's the right fight. So for both of these guys, I think um, I'm I'm pleased for them that they've got these shots. And I I think this is a tough fight for Tony Ferguson. And it's difficult to say that because it's Tony Ferguson. 
He's he's mad. He's he's so good. He's creative. Uh, there's so many X factors that come with any fight that he's he's in. But Benil Dariush, there's not many X factors. You know what you're going to get. He's going to turn up. He's going to perform. He comes from a great gym under Rafael Cordero. Um, performances he's put in against amazing competition. He's weathered storms. He showed how durable he is. He's got no quit. And then he's he's on this ride of, of six-fight winning that streak that you kind of think in that 155 division, he should be in the discussion. He should be up there, but because he's so quiet, because he's not this big social media monster, um, he's, he's kind of crept up on us. But I think this is I think this is a great fight for him. I'm interested to see how Tony Ferguson comes in because against Charles Oliveira, he got mauled, absolutely mauled. And he said mm. for him, he felt like there wasn't... Did, did you see the statement afterwards? There wasn't enough warm-up time between... From the hotel yeah. to the venue to the fight, um, so he felt that like he what he wasn't ready, he wasn't warmed up enough for that sort of fight against Charles Oliveira. Um, but you never know with Tony Ferguson; you never know what he's doing backstage, how he's warming up. He he might be borrowing Fabio for a, for a few rounds in the back. <laughs> so I don't know. You don't know what yeah. he's going to do. I, I, I'd never be surprised if they they do that sh- shot to cut back and they're warming up and then t- Tony could be juggling, he could be on a unicycle, he could be doing absolutely the end of that. I'll be like, all right. Just doing some life painting or something. I'll be out in a minute, don't worry, there yeah. we go. It's got Sean Shelby yeah. on the stall. I didn't have enough time. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I think with Tony, I think it's interesting because I think it's really easy in MMA to get caught up in the numbers and the stats and forget the fights Tony was on this insane run. And again, he's he's one of my favourite fighters of all time. And I think he's got a chance in this. But he was on this insane run. And you can you kind of remember this run that he was undefeated for so long. But man, did he come close to being defeated regularly. Because <laughs> he makes insane decisions. He makes crazy decisions all the time in all of his fights. And he pulls through a lot of them. So I can completely see Dariush coming out and doing a workman-like slick controlled performance and Ferguson just catching him with something absolutely yeah. insane out of nowhere cutting him open with those elbows like again as we saw in Bellator at the weekend I could see Pitbull Queely going like this with Ferguson as Queely and, and, and Dariush as Pitbull just being a domination and then right at the end of the round oh it's over because of these brutal elbows off his back kind of thing so I think there's still chance. I, it, it might be that I'm not ready to let go of my my, my Ferguson dream yet because it was such a quick decline, yeah. right? Or it feels like it. But again, you could argue, was he taking the Oliveira fight seriously? Because Oliveira is someone who's just always always been around. And he was another one that, similar to Dariush, snuck up quietly. And then you're like, oh, hang on, how many fights has he yeah. won in a row? Yeah. Because originally he was, he'll win some, he'll lose some. He's this guy. So, yeah. So, yeah. But I, I'm leaning like, towards Dariush. I think he's got all the momentum going into this. But Dariush has never fought anyone on the level of what we've known Tony Ferguson to be. Yeah. But, um, and Tony Ferguson's losses. I mean, let's look at it. Gaethje and Oliveira. I mean, it's it's yeah. not like he's just losing to anyone. He's losing to guys yeah. that are title contenders, legit title title contenders. I, I almost feel oh, a little bit... Finishes. Go on, sorry. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, but I almost feel sorry for Benil Dariush. And I'll tell you what, I, th- I think that if Benil Dariush loses, 
people will say, oh, Darius is just never going to be at that level. No, he's a top 10 guy. He's not a top five guy. Tony is a, he's a real level. I know he's lost a few fights lately, but Tony's of a certain level. Benil Darius was, was not at that level, and that's just where he is. But if Benil wins, everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, but he beat Tony. He was just washed up now, wasn't he? <laughs> Like Tony, yeah. Tony's not yeah, what he was. Yeah. You know, Tony is. You know, the the the, the now going to be. You know, the new Tyron Woodley. He's, he's. You know, he's he's getting dominated by Gaethje and then dominated by Oliveira. And now Darius has beaten him. Tony's just not the same anymore. So, but Il Darius is probably going into this fight, going, "Oh my God, I'm fighting Tony Ferguson. This is going to be the biggest fight in my career. And if I win, surely with a name like Tony on my resume, I am going to be up there as one of the next guys in line for a title shot." And I actually don't think that's going to be the case because I think if he beats Tony, him beating Tony almost delegitimizes his win over Tony. And so, yeah, yeah I think he's going to be in a weird place. A rough situation. It is. It, yeah. it is because he obviously has to, he has to win. Um, but I don't think he's going to get as much shine from the win as what he wants or probably expects. And so I think he's still going to end up fighting guys in and around him that aren't the Poirier's, the Gaethje's, the Oliveira's, well, or the Chandler's. Gillespie He's going to fight would be a great match, wouldn't it? Off the back of this, if, if that happens, then you've but, got those two yeah. wrestling stars going together. It's a great matchup for us as fans. Yeah, it's you're not right. A good, great, like, Darius isn't going to be going, oh, if I beat Tony Ferguson, then I've got a chance to fight Gregor Gillespie. <laughs> no. He's going to be fighting Tony Ferguson and then going, oh, well, I, I want the loser of Oliveira Chandler to then get me to the title yeah. shot. And I don't know that he's going to get it. I think he might get a Gregor Gillespie. Yeah, how how mad is it though that if Tony loses, he's the only fighter that people would be calling for him to bring J- Joshua Fabia in to, <laughs> to bring him down to earth a bit and kind of get him on a bit more of a normal schedule. <laughs> Let's level him out a bit. <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk main card then. Um, you know, main event. Sorry, and I mean. So much of what we just spoke about already is going to, you know, it, 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 the, the outcome of that is, is also going to have a, you know, the, the winner of this main uh, this main event will have so many repercussions within that division and the fight that goes before it. Um, it's a huge fight, this, right? And for me, I know I said last time, I'm, I, I don't think Chandler deserved that shot. I don't think he, 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 he fast-tracked. Yes, his career in Bellator was pretty good he done something incredible in his UFC debut I don't think he deserves that shot I can argue with you on that just quickly Stu because mm. again I think I agree if the cards weren't how they've landed because um, again I, I would have said no way he, does, he gets one good win and he's in there but because Gaethje is coming off of a loss and hasn't fought since because Poirier I chose the red panty night fight instead. Mm-hmm. I think with the situation at hand, he deserves it more than anyone else who who was an option. Like again, I, Gaethje is my favourite, like one of my f- favourites in the division and currently active. Yeah. But you shouldn't get a title fought, shot off the back of losing a title <clears throat> match. I don't. I, I think you should have. And I know that's that's happened a few times recently. And and Colby is trying to make that happen. And and or, or Masvidal had that happen essentially. You know, but I don't think that should be the, the a precedent that is set that you can lose and then go. Oh wait, oh wait. You you should have to go out and win at least one. Sure. And and Chandler's kind of done that with with again. I'd put Poirier in there ahead, but Poirier didn't want it. 
Mm. So it is. You start to lose all these contenders. I don't think the belt should have been on the line for Conor Poirier because Conor doesn't deserve a title shot at the moment. So you start to go through that, that, all the different the, eventualities the, the, that you're like, right, here we are. He's, the spanner he's, is in the work that, you know, yeah. purely on the, on, uh, you know, what makes it so odd is the fact that Poirier's gone for red panty night. You know, yeah. that, you know, yeah. he, he, he should be, he should be fighting for that belt, but obviously he wants, he wants to pan notes. But what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I mean, have we asked, Brian, have we gone to you yet on uh, not on the, on the main, main event? On main no, event. but it's, um, it's, it's. I think that's a great point, by the way, Pip, because I was in the stew camp of one victory and jumping in against Charles Oliveira, who's I think is it eleven fights or something. He's he's on a, on the yeah. run of yeah. crazy, crazy, and you kind of. You, but you're absolutely right. You, you're. I can't argue with that because because well, where, where because of what the, the situation around it and because Poirier has made that choice to go and fight McGregor, which you understand completely, uh, with the money, with the profile, with all that comes with the Conor McGregor fight, um, and for me though, I, I just kind of hope that the, the person who's earned their stripes comes out on oh, top. I think it's a great matchup as well, stylistically. If you've got Chandler, he's got that crazy power he's got that elite wrestling mm. but Charles Oliveira's grown so much I mean he was one of the youngest entries into the UFC he's earned his way all the way up to this position uh, the performance the way he dominated Tony Ferguson on the ground was phenomenal the slicing through the guard you hear Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan is one of Eddie Bravo's best mates and Eddie Bravo is the jiu-jitsu coach for Tony Ferguson so you always kind of get a little bit biased commentary that way but it, there was he could not it was undeniable how good that performance yeah. was to control Ferguson to that arm by the way that arm bar was ridiculous and to Ferguson this this shows Ferg, how mad Ferguson is after he finished the fight so he has this hyperextended left arm which is gotta be jacked there's no way anatomy works that way um he goes out the back and he did some more rounds with his partners and, and rolled. So that's that's who you did. And then he just put some... Cup. <laughs> in sunglasses. That's right, yeah, do the whole thing. <laughs> Twisted his ankle. But, um, for me, it's one of these where... I love that he's annoyed he didn't have enough time to warm no, up, a... <laughs> so he finished his warm-up. <laughs> okay, this we'll schedule it a bit later. <laughs> I'm doing my warm-up regardless. That's part, of the, that's part of the day out for me. I've booked it in. This is time away from the kids. <laughs> yeah. um, but but uh, I I'm, I'm really hopeful that the, the, the journey Oliveira has been through shines through. I hope he... Uh, and I think it's going to be a great fight, but I've re I'm really behind Oliveira for this one. I really want him to achieve that because he's another one that snuck up on that, the inside. No one's really talked about him. Even talking over him when you're talking about that the 155 is potentially for this belt. And it's, it's for me, he's, his performances, his finishes, his evolution is, uh, is, is something special. And also the fact that he looks so cute with his glasses on after the fight, even when he's that blind, <laughs> even for the post-fight interviews, he has to have his glasses straight on. So, yeah, hands down for me. I love it. Pip, who you got for this? <sighs> it's a tough one, but I, I can't really argue there. You've, I think the thing that fascinates me the most is the height difference, I mean, that's surely going to be insane because Chandler is very small f for the weight class, like height-wise, but he's powerful. And Oliveira is all all skin and bones, um, a lot of it. So I think that's going to be absolutely f fascinating. I think I'm the same. Although, to be honest, it feels like this is a title fight that's kind of a holder 
because of all the situations yeah. that we've said, I'm more thinking, who do I want to see fight Poirier? Or who yeah. do I want to see fight Gaethje or whoever else? Rather than, who do I want to see as the champion? Like, I'm, I'm genuine, it's weird that it's a championship match and you're kind of thinking of it as a stepping stone for whoever is coming in, in next, which does both of them a disservice because as much as Chandler has been fast-tracked, he's had some amazing fights in Bellator. He's had some weird losses, like that freak yeah, one angle, where his yeah, leg just yeah. stopped working. Brent um, Primus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's been some really weird ones. It's not been as simple as as wins and, and, and losses. He's been putting the effort in for years and looking good, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a fascinating one, but it's weird how it seems almost inconsequential because it doesn't feel like the real, particularly with the shadow of Khabib hanging yeah. over all of that on top of it. You know, even when Poirier or whoever gets the title shot, you're constantly going to be going, "Is Khabib <laughs> going to come back and, and yeah. take his belt back?" Yeah. Well, I, I think the only way weird Khabib, division at the moment. It is a weird division at the moment. I, I think the only way Khabib comes back is if. I would say more likely Oliveira wins and then goes on like a four-fight title defence streak and then Khabib goes, all right, you've done enough, I'll I'll come back. Otherwise, I just don't see how he comes back or who he comes back for, really. But I, such I, think, an... I, I don't think he ever comes back f- for McGregor purely out yeah. of spite. Because oh, yeah. I think yeah. he knows that that's the fight McGregor wants, that that'll be the biggest money and all of yeah. it. And I think he's that guy that will go, nah, you're good. Yeah. Enjoy yourself, no matter what happens. Um, yeah, I, I, unless, I mean, I, it's not going to happen, but if McGregor won and then defended the belt a few times just to shut McGregor up, I could see him coming back, yeah. also out of spite, but just for yeah. <laughs> with another yeah, outcome. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, this fight is really interesting. As far as I'm aware, Chandler's never been subbed, and right. Oliveira has fantastic jiu-jitsu. Um, I, I think... The first round or round and a half, Chandler's power is Oliveira is really going to have to watch out for it because again he he knocked out Hooker, who's another tall lightweight as well. I think Oliveira over time though can can do it, but then Oliveira's mentally is going to be interesting as well because Oliveira. I think his only main event I can really think of, he might have had some main events in featherweight, I'm not sure, but was Kevin Lee. And it was recently, but that went about two and a half rounds or something like that. Mm. Chandler's done the main event, been the main guy on multiple cards, championship fights on multiple cards over in Bellator. Um, He's been there, done it. Oliveira, this is going to be the highest profile fight he's ever had. Will he deal with the outside the cage stuff very well? How will he feel going into the fight? But I think purely skills-wise... Oliveira has more skills. I wonder if it might go a little bit, the, in a way, the way that Usman Burns fight did in terms of being... I was slightly surprised that Usman didn't want to go to the ground with Burns because Usman's wrestling mm. so good. But Burns clearly off his back was just too dangerous. And I wonder if Chandler might feel the same thing, if he might go, Oliveira off his back, even though I've never been subbed, might just be a bit too dangerous for me to utilise my wrestling. And that takes away his biggest thing. That takes away also the setup for the big punches and stuff like that. And I wonder if Oliveira will be like, I'm happy on the feet because I can play at range. I've got unorthodox striking at times. And if you take me down, I'm also very happy because I'm dangerous off my back. But that's it. I think it's interesting on the feet because despite the reach advantage, I don't think 
Oliveira is particularly a range fighter anyway. Like he works really good in close combat. His 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 his, his inside elbows and things like that. He's he's brutal with. So it's really interesting because Chandler is going to be having to close the distance. But then I think Oliveira has got intercepting knees, intercepting elbows, and if they do get up against the fence, even if it's his back against the fence, he's got really good movements of those short, sharp elbows and stuff like that. So it's such a weird one to try and and figure out. I mean, we could see Chandler kind of trying to stay at range and just exploding with... Big shots, rather than work his way in as he does, and often going body head or whatever else, just trying to keep at range and just catch him. Kind of um, Mark Hunt's Stefan, no, or Roy Nelson's Stefan Struve style, just that kind of. You've got a fraction of the range, but you've got that power, and yeah. I think the one thing we know for certain with this fight is whoever wins will be the biggest Conor McGregor fan ever (laughs) after winning the fight. I mean, I'm talking bigger than his mum, bigger than his wife. They're going to be frigging... They're going to be ordering the new Conor McGregor Venom T-shirt with a bottle of proper 12 and a green foam finger to watch the next card. And they're going to be there with their frigging priest and rabbi and Buddhist monk to try and just pray that Conor wins the fight. Because that is the biggest fight they will ever have in their life in a payday. And I bet they'll be the favourite. I bet. I mean, yeah. unless Conor McGregor does something so spectacular to Poirier, and I definitely favour Poirier yeah. in the rematch, unless McGregor does something spectacular, I think, you know, Oliveira or Chandler would go into that fight with McGregor thinking, I think I can do this and earn the biggest payday of my life. That'll be a brilliant night for me. Well, huge fights. And, uh, and yeah, uh, thanks, gents. Really appreciate you, uh, you you talking about the fights that have been and our excitement for the fights that are coming our way. Um, Pip, what you got coming up? I don't know, really. Um, I'm, I'm off, off for this whole month on Distraction Pieces, I'm doing all, all mental health episodes. So they're all compilations. I, I talk to you on, on one of them, Stu, um, but I speak to... Simon Pegg, Florence Pugh, Stevie Graham, um, Jordan Stevens, Gal Porter, loads of amazing people, but also like my mum and my 10 year old goddaughter and all sorts of things like that to, to, to basically look at how the pandemic has affected our mental health and how we're feeling as we start to, to come out the other side. So, so yeah, there's loads of them all over the whole month of May, so plenty going on there. That's brilliant, mate. That's such a great thing to have done. I think that's awesome. awesome. What a scope. Of They're really good. Well, what a nice yeah, range. Yeah, it's been so good to get that range of single parents. But it was, it was when I had my mate Amy on to talk to her as a single mum, she said, hey, you should get a Lola on, who's my goddaughter and her daughter. I was like, that's amazing. Of course, it's such a strange thing to have gone through as a, as a 10-year-old. It's a, it's a tenth of your life. It's mad. So, yeah, they're fascinating conversations. Great stuff, great stuff. Uh, Brian, what's happening? What's happening? Going back out to the Czech Republic at the end of the month, then Russia, hopefully for some more fights, as long as travel opens up, that'll be uh, exciting. And launching launching a hot sauce, guys, in the Poirier style. Craft chili hot sauce. Oh, so nice. Heroes, me and my brother are doing it. Uh, Heroes craft chili hot sauce, so all based around jalapenos, scotch bonnets, that sort of stuff. But with ours... 
Yeah, it's awesome. So we've done it so it's like a, a healthy hot sauce. So rather than loads of salt and sugar and thickening agents in it, um, most hot sauces will have about sort of maybe 10% because they ferment the chilies, 10% chilies in ours. It's 77% chili, guys. So if you're a real chili, I'll, I'll hook you up, boys. I'll hook you up. You can let me know what you think, all right? Sounds Wonderful. good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, gents, thanks again. Um, I think we're done, right, Blake? We're done, mate. Guys, thanks so much for your time. It's been great. Take care, fellas. Pleasure, guys.